It's the Widdick Committee, young, talented, gifted, black love and politic talk. Not loving hip hop, but it's knowledge we give out. I hope that you can catch it and try to run it back without fumbling the shit we kicked off. It's not for the simple minded, more for the gifted. I give my opinions. Hope you can rebuttal the shit that I kick. If you can't, then be quiet. Take a seat and just try to soak up the wisdom we spilling. Widdick Committee, gotcha. Throw up your W's, tell us what's up with you. Then we gon' talk about it. We not those other fools. This ain't your typical hypocritical dummy news. They do that shit for views. We do this for the youth who come behind us. In the trenches, you'll find us. Giving game in the brains of the youngest to remind them of the greatness inside them. Let them know that they can become whatever they wanna be. Just look at me. I'm a young black lion. And yeah, I'm full of pride. Sitting with my lion. This product of my environment. Whether it's brown, dirt, green grass, or iron fence, or a picket fence. Don't matter. Long as you get through it with motivation, dedication, and wittiness, hard work and greediness, even the sky is limitless. You wanna know what my definition of witty is or what wit it is? That's what witty committee is. Throw up your W's, tell us what's up with you, and we gon' talk about it. Yeah, we gon' talk about it. Throw up your W's, tell us what's up with you, and Bell gon' talk about it. Anise gon' talk about it. I was doing the cable patch just then, but then, what up, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up, what's happening, what's happening, brother, oh it is January 29th, Dub Dub, Dub Club. It is another Witty Wednesday. I am your big homie's big homie, Bell Brown. I am sitting next to the always authentic Anise Austin. This is voice. Hi. Let us not forget lovely. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. No questions. We are in the Sexy, room. gorgeous, <laughs> before beautiful. He, before he start cutting up I too fast and everybody start asking the questions, I'm going to get it out here. We got family in the room. Oh my God, it's Perkins. <laughs> Y'all. Commentdweller.com. <laughs> Man, I'm talking about the witty. <laughs> Officially witty. I'm talking about so very witty. And we are so thankful, dog. Like, Ben even tell me that Perkins was coming until like 15 minutes before the show. So this air, this joy and this glow is literally still fresh. Perkins! <laughs> I didn't know till that morning. He just said, hey, you can be here? I'm like, I'll get a few, man. Perkins! <laughs> hey, Perkins look good out the bed for nobody. Perkins look good. Yeah. I work, I work four 12-hour shifts a week. I work at night. What's called that? Like, normally I'd be asleep for another hour, hour and a half. Mm-mm. Let's call it bell call. I got the call. Hey, John. <laughs> I but, man. Don't be mad. Yeah, he mad. He had a conversation, man. Now, what'd he do? <laughs> I don't never hear him say that. Okay. What'd he do? Don't even look like so, he'd come out of John. So, this is how you act when you mad, John. Like, let us know the comment. John. John, man. <laughs> hey, I got a shirt on right now. It say, Lake Life, because beaches be salty. <laughs> She said earlier, I was like, uh, 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 uh. she was like, yeah, I got one. <laughs> hey, so bad. Yeah, they.
Man, we got Parkinson in the building, man. Yes. We got good energy. Good yes. energy. And we needed it because yes. of, I mean, we know what we're here to talk about, but we don't want to dwell too much into just the sorrow aspect, but more of what was left behind. And also what we took from the existence of Mr. Kobe Bryant. Bing. He... Unfortunately, along with his daughter, lost his life this past Sunday in a helicopter accident. We here to win the committee are not here to chop up conspiracy, hyperbole, hypocrisy. That is never what we've been about, and we ain't from the start now. So, excusing all that aside, whatever notions you want to carry, whatever arguments you want to bring, that's fine and dandy. However, right here, right now, with a Wednesday, ain't happening. Love. What we're here to talk about is how this impacted us. <clears throat> what we took from it and what the mama mentality actually means because it's not just something that's pertaining to basketball. Right. Yeah. I don't even want to get it too much more like intro. Like, I really just want to get to the meat of it and I want to start with one of the most diehard Kobe Bryant fans I know. Yeah. Somebody who I know felt his death on a level that other people probably didn't. Yeah. So, Mr. Charles Perkins, Jr., Man. When you received the news, was it shock or agony? The thing about finding out was, I was like I said, I, I have worked a week straight. Mm -hmm. And so I was asleep. And I woke up. And I hit Facebook. And the first thing I see is Kobe Bryant, dead at 41. I'm like, the fuck out of here, man. That's yeah. how you know Jackie Chan did every year. Yes, you know? yes. And then the more I scroll, the more I look. And I'm like, what happened? So I started looking through things and see it's a helicopter accident and you know say Rick Fox and his daughter and you know like all the daughters. And I'm just like, what? No. And I think the reason that it hit so hard was because you knew that this was a man who not only had unfinished business but he was just getting started. started. Yeah, just yeah. getting started. He, he had already had one of the, unarguably, one of the five greatest careers in the history of the NBA. We ain't even talking about what he ranks as a player. Just his career accomplishments, top five all the time. Yeah. Hands down. And, he, and it just seemed like he was going to be even greater afterwards. Exactly. And he had come to, he had done the one thing that most great athletes cannot do. He let it go. He was done with it. He was fine not having no part of basketball. He was fine not coaching. He didn't have to be a team owner. He was going to make his movies. He was going to spend his time with his daughters. He was going to work with the WNBA to get them boosted up. And He's then, part of the reason why they're getting the, the extra money, the extra money the that they get now. He was building this infrastructure up because his daughter was going to be in now, didn't it? Man. Mamba mentality. Like, Who is that odd? Jeez. Candace Parker, man. Candace Parker said when she first met him, his daughter was really excited to be this. Hey, 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 this girl here, she go break all your records. She said, that's literally the first thing Kobe Bryant ever said to her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this sort of encapsulates the kind of man he is, even as a father. Yeah. yeah. The high expectations he has, not just for himself, but for his daughter. His offspring, like. <laughs> and she's the one that, 
I think the other thing that makes it so tragic is that she she was him. She he she was the son he never had. As weird as that might sound, that's not to say, that's not to say that or imply that a son is more important than a daughter. But yeah. she was the one who was going to carry on his legacy, the, the Kobe part of his legacy. He actually said that um, talking to Jimmy Fallon. He actually right. said like, "Hey, you know, my daughter's there," and they be like, "Man, Ben, when you gonna Kobe? When you gonna get a son?" You know, I you need somebody. It. She's like, man, and he was actually like, nah, that's it's cool. But his daughter was the one that was like, nah, he don't need that because I'm going to do that. Yeah. He was hey, so hey, proud hey, of that. Right yeah, I'm here. I'm she, the one that's going to do She had his gumption as a, as a child. Like, you notice his DNA. Yeah. And you can see it. Like, you, you, you know what's funny about it? One, and, you know, like, this is speaking to the mother mentality thing. One of the things that I want to express and emphasize as important about this man is that whenever you see somebody who is driven like that to ungodly extents most of the time when we think about it we think of someone coming from hard circumstances and the only way that they can get out of it is to be driven like that yeah mm -hmm. kobe had everything kobe was rich mm -hmm. he lived overseas he spoke two languages by the time he was seven you know he grew up with Maseratis and BMWs and things like that because his father was an NBA player, a very a pretty good one at that. Uh -huh. So it's not like he lacked. It's not like he didn't have parental love or all these other things that we generally see in people that are ridiculously driven and ridiculously ridiculously successful. He was that way because he chose to be. Uh -huh. He invested in this. He loved basketball. That's the reason why, like. What, as you said, Kobe was willing to let it go and walk away from it. He actually said his goodbye and, and got an award for it, by the way. God, you know, like man, everything. He won an Oscar. Everything about Kobe Bryant was excellent. I I keep seeing him over when people are now going back in their minds, which is what deaths like this usually do yeah. for us. You go back in your mind and you kind of start taking out of this memory box that you had in your head and unpacking a lot of this stuff and you like without we didn't even realize how embedded Kobe Bryant was in black culture and within our history. We literally grew up with Kobe Bryant. Like he was your big sister, your big brother. What this was either who your big sister wanted to be with, who she had a crush on, or your older brother was gonna square up about this man. Like he <laughs> was gonna man. fight. We watched him. We watched the man go to prom with Brandy man. Yes, Brandy. I know, I mean you know what like I was I was explaining this to John uh, last night, and I was telling him, you know, like like I'm a little older than y'all, so you know, like a lot of times when people talk about like Michael Jordan, they talking about him from YouTube from memory. I was 14 when Jordan won his last championship, mm -hmm. so I remember Jordan. I actually remember Jordan. I'm old enough to remember when Magic Johnson played basketball. I only remember the end of his career, mm -hmm. but that's the Magic is the reason I'm a Laker fan. I've been a diehard Laker fan since I was literally five years old. Mm -hmm. When I saw the Bulls play the Lakers, I was rooting for Magic. I wasn't rooting for Jordan. Mm -hmm. So the reason I say that is I had Jordan. I saw Jordan. I saw his greatness. And then I saw this kid come along doing all the stuff that I had only seen that one man do. and Seamlessly. Seamlessly. And what made him so special to me was I got to watch him grow from a remember. He was 17. He didn't play at 17, but when he was drafted, he was 17. 17 years old. I watched him grow from a boy, a brash, hot-headed, arrogant, screw y'all, I'm going to do this my way. Yes. 
too taking it all on my own still I'm gonna do this my way to I can't do this on my own yeah I got to figure out how we can win because and, and, my body yes and, the and, mumble mentality bro. the reason that's so important to me is oh that, my god like that encapsulates what we as black folk got to do yeah there's so much of I'm gonna do this on my own this is my way fuck y'all I'm gonna get mine you can't win that way. Why? Because you fighting teams. Yeah. One player ain't gonna be the team. Jordan never be the team. Yeah. Jordan put up most points in a playoff game ever and got swept that series. Yeah. The Celtics swept him. People always talk about that old Jordan. 1986. People always people always talk about all that trash about oh Jordan was one in nine before Scottie Pippen and all that. He lost nine. He was one in nine games. He didn't lose nine series, but. He didn't lose a single series against a slow team. That Bucks team was the third best team in the East against the the that that Celtics team that was there was considered the greatest team of all time at the time. Mm. That's who swept him twice. Then he got beat by the Pistons team who beat them. So I mean, like you can't hold that against him. And in the same way, you can't hold the middle portion of Kobe's career against him as oh he couldn't get it done on his own. Oh he had to have this, he had to have that. Everybody gotta have help, man. Mm. And that's the message that I want us to be able to take from his journey. That we all need help. You have to figure out how to trust your teammates. Exactly. Sometimes they're going to let you down. Sometimes they is not going to hit that shot. And sometimes they're going to be like Derek Fisher. They're going to hit it with 0. .4 seconds on left on the clock. And that, you ain't going to know where it came yeah. from. Yeah. They're going to surprise you. Like, what? Hey, what's got? You going to see them celebrating. You're like, what? We won. We, we won. won. <laughs> yeah. I think. That is a beautiful way to put it because I, yeah, I, I get, I was a, I was just telling him this earlier, like, growing up, I had an older brother, so I watched sports, like, everything he did, I did. So, I was an actual basketball fan. T in the comments, she could probably tell you, bro, I was a 76ers fanatic. Like, not an Allen Iverson fan. Really? No, I loved Allen, but he wasn't the sole reason well, why I, I was a Sixers no, fan. No, I'm saying this rare. Most of, like, most of the time when people say, I love the 76ers because they fell in love with AI. Nah, nigga, I, I was a fan of the whole team. I'm talking about from Snow, Matombo, Aaron McKee. Like, all the team that got them to the playoffs, right. I was heartbroken when they traded everybody after they lost. Because I felt like, well, this was the team that got us there. As it I said, the it's to be the, we should continue to work with this. So, when I saw, you know, Allen Iverson, they went, they had to play the Lakers. Yeah. When I saw Kobe, the Lakers defeated Allen Iverson. They defeated my team. Right. My response to that wasn't, elf him. It was, I mean, it's Kobe. He's great. Oh, no, He's mine, great. Mine was. Yeah. The Lakers beat the Kings in the East, I mean the Western Conference Finals, and, and I didn't, and I didn't have nothing else to say about Kobe. I was, oh no, like because at first it was just man, he a little arrogant dude, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you, you still got to pass magic now. Hold on, and then Shaq got there and it was like, I like you doing something. I was watching basketball because I had cousins older than me that always watched it. Yeah. So I was always in the room. I didn't understand what was going on, but I was sitting there watching it. Yeah. And I grew up understanding that this is the caliber of basketball you kind of like holding high regard. Right. Outside of this, it's like, yeah, okay, you just play in the NBA. Right. That you know what greatness looks right. like. So when I saw him almost lose and go to game seven against the Kings, I was like, okay, we got him on the ropes. We got to take him out. <laughs> we got enough. And a penalty 
some time passes, game over. And I'm saying like, all right. <laughs> Kobe Bryant. And since then, it's been like that. And the reason why I bring this up is because the transition period that happened when I found out he passed. Because I've long let go of my anger towards Kobe. Yeah. Like that's never that's not present. Like we debate sports, we debate sports. Yeah, we all, yeah, yeah. We we passionate about what we believe right. in. But as him as a person, I've been let that go. Oh yeah. But when he passed, I'm looking at how much of him I didn't look at or didn't want to look at because he was the villain to my right. story. Right. To my sports teams. The same way Tom Brady is. Yeah. And Tom, I and I love Tom Brady for these exact reasons. Yeah, and I look like, at him like he's the villain. Right? Yeah. Because my team is sitting in the same division and they got to see you. He, he, he is the obstacle which prevents your team from having the glory that you want to share in. Yeah. And, you know, like, like, and I want to bring that, I want to bring it back to, like, people being hurt about his death. Because, you know, like you said, a lot of people are like, well, y'all you know, didn't know this nigga. What the fuck you mad for? Yeah. I, I would be the first person to tell you. I cried like a bitch Monday. I cried. Man, I was weeping. <laughs> I, I cried. Well, um, not, not Monday, Sunday. Watch, I cried Sunday. I hadn't cried like that since Festa died. And it, it was bad. I, I, for, for people who don't know, Festa was my one of my best yes. friends ever. Yes. Oh, I boohoo when Kobe cried. You want to know why? I, I want to break a couple things down. First, it's called being a fan. For people who don't know, fan is short for fanatic, mm -hmm. which is an aspect of fanaticism. Which means that you have an emotional connection to this thing that goes beyond logic, beyond reason. Right. Exactly. Which means that you feel so deeply about it, it don't matter if it makes sense. That in, in, in and of itself is why people had this reaction. But then there's also the connection that you get to these things. Because we as human beings are tribalistic by nature. And so yes, we want to, yes, we, want to yes. we define ourselves by associations with our groups. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. Even the people who want to be individualistic define themselves by their contrast to the groups that they consider to be normative. Oh, yes. So, I'm a Laker. So, of course I love that man. That man brought us five championships. That man brought us so much glory. But above and beyond that is what he has meant as, <clears throat> excuse me, again, going back to, you know, his journey, seeing his journey, his journey was similar to my journey because I'm an only child. I grew up alone and trying to figure out my way in the world and trying to figure out how to do stuff. And it wasn't until I had been through rejections and been through all these things that I found Bear and John and Matt and you and all my friends. And I understood how to trust my team and to trust my friends. Yeah. And that's when I won. Yeah. And, and that's the reason it's, it's such a deep thing because when you look at it, you looking in the mirror and you realize how random all of this is, man. He was doing something he had done a million times. He was doing something he had been doing since he was 18. He take the helicopter to practice. That's just what he did. He every day. Every day. Is the, the same same way we take taking that car for granted. Driving is far more dangerous than taking that helicopter. The only the only difference between air travel and, and ground travel is that when there is accident and when there is an accident, people are more likely to die, and more people are more likely to die. That's the only difference. But Think about how many thousands of planes fly in the air a day. And how many people die on an airplane every year? Yeah. Maybe a thousand. And you got several million people flying every year. It's less than a percent of a percent. It's some ridiculously tiny percentage. And hey, I just passed three accidents on the way here. Right. So, I mean, like, it's the, the randomness and sort of the, the cold callousness of the fact that it was not just him, but his, but his little girl. Yeah. I think that news hurt me. Uh, 
in another way. You know, um, like everybody, we are in that peer group where a lot of us have children, and a lot of the men in my life have daughters. So I was witnessing everybody have that emotion where it's like I couldn't imagine being in a situation where I couldn't protect my child. But I guess as a fatherless daughter, I saw the sadness from another perspective because it's like if I had the opportunity to be with my father, I was going to die with somebody. If I was going to die with my father, I probably would have. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and I know that sounds twisted, but for somebody who your father is like, your number one hero. He's your first superhero. This is the first superhero you will ever get. You want to be exactly like this person. You love him in a way that is... That is, you know what I'm saying? Because from children, our first gods are our parents. Yes. You know, if you're going to look at, you know, your your pantheon of, of gods. The, ideally, your first, as a child, the first identification of gods comes from your, your parents. Mm -hmm. This is how you get everything. So you see a male guy and a female guy. Well, she probably looked at her father like he was larger than life. She looked at him like he was a god. So I can imagine, like, the, my father's dead and gone, and I still look at my father today, like, almost with a, in a myth-like state. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a Greek god of some sort. You know, a myth that I carry around with me. And it's like, if I could... I don't know. It sounds dramatic, but if I could, I don't know if I would choose not to. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to. If I mind, had to, if I had the mind, like, and hey, you in that moment, you had to make the decision. Yeah. You like, don't know if it's a sure shot. I don't just, know if it's a sure shot. I want to live because I'm with my father. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that's that is something that people. That's a, a very tough reality for a lot of us to face, like because, as you were saying, a lot of us are tribal human that right. humans we we have tribes that we right. gravitate towards, and it's like seeing the leader of your tribe is we see this all the time like i'm gonna go I'm gonna go with you I'm gonna go with my leader, you know I think the one of the things I want to talk about in detail in regards to the the Kobe Bryant situation is. I think somewhere in the human psyche, we have a fascination with sadness. We mm -hmm. love the idea of being sad. So, and I think our generation, especially what happened like Kobe, the news of Kobe being confirmed dead hit. And two hours later, I'm seeing gifts. I'm seeing memes with him. Like, I'm seeing photos drawn up like it happened relatively quick we we saw all of this emotional porn you know what i'm saying and then start it started coming with the the interviews like these players who witnessed these people who were actually friends of Kobe Bryant started having to be thrust in front of a camera and have a microphone in their face and before they've they had time to process it like you know Shaq crying publicly his voice breaking, Doc Rivers' voice breaking, like people being forced to make a statement on something that is still such a such far a cry moment. from reality right now. They don't even know how to exist, you know. But the idea that this is something, they do it because people want to see it. 
You know, and that's that's something we all have to to really pay attention to. People gravitate towards sadness to a certain extent. We got people that playlists that I just want to be sad in. Well, you know. You know what? I like. I I, I actually. I actually understand that to some extent. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not even necessarily sick, but it's, there's a certain catharsis and pain. Addiction. Because if, if you think about it, like, the root of all great art is some painful experience. Yes. Yes, great, yes, yes. Great art don't come from joy. You want to know why? Because pain is internalized. Joy is expressed, expressed. outwardly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if I'm happy... I'm not internalizing that and turning that into something. I'm expressing that. I'm sharing that. Yeah. But if I'm in pain, now I have to figure out some way to take this pain. And take it out and express it. Exactly. Like the thing, and you don't, you can exchange the word sadness for melancholy. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do this, but it is, it's not something that I'm telling y'all that y'all need to do building check. I'm saying all of us have a component within us that relishes in that idea. Not we look at the sadness and we're happy. Right. We're not happy. We're not thrilled about it. But it's almost as if we want to submerge ourselves in this moment so that it can be real for us. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about, you know, what if this is actually supposed to be a wake up call for us. Like what if what if what if we're supposed to be paying attention to something? Because like, I just to pick it back like what you're saying. Notice how we go through life. It's not until those moments where we have those earth shattering events happen mm-hmm. that we literally take into account everything around us. Mm-hmm. We pay attention to every relationship, we pay attention to every wrongdoing, we pay attention to every positive gain we get. It's in those moments of extreme sadness, tragedy happens. That's when the family gets together. Mm-hmm. You realize the connections you truly have. And we're going to do it for a week and then forget about it again. Exactly. Yep. What, like, I'm, I'm just thinking, and this is just me processing, running stuff in my head. Like, what if this happens as a result of the sacrifices that has to be made for us to stay focused on what we're supposed to be doing in the first place? The way that I think about it is, if you think about it, the vast majority of life is boring. The vast, vast, vast majority of life is boring and and monotonous. And so what we tend to remember are the dramatic events. And so everything in your memory is centered around the, your, your memory is this vast, calm, still ocean where not much happens. But there are these little islands and shipwrecks and things. And those are those extreme events. And these are where we anchor ourselves and where we are able to navigate through our mindscape. Through these events. Without these events, it's just blah with nothing. Mm-hmm. That, that's why relationships end. Because there ain't no events for people to anchor themselves around. And they don't know how to deal with the monotony that is the reality of day-to-day life. And I think it's part of the reason why... I Make a relationship, a relationship tip to them. Gotta <laughs> start charging for that. Keep on going. I'm sorry. But I also think that's the reason why we, we gravitate and we huddle around each other's warmth in events like this because this reminds us how cold the world really is. Like it reminds us, it reminds you of how fickle life really is. It's so fleeting. It's, it's really a speck. You know, it's really a spec. Like, Kobe Bryant dead. 
at 41 are not even Kobe Bryant dead 41 years old these are words that we never thought would be in a sentence together like the man how old did you think he was Man. Cause I didn't like. I, honest to God, I never kept up with Kobe's age. No. Because he was he was Terminator. Like, let's be serious. He I didn't even up. realize this man was ten years older than me. me That's neither. it. He's only five years older than me. Wow. <laughs> well, he's six years older than me. Wait, wow. And, like know. we that close. Jeez, like it it really made you have to stop and say, okay. Oh wow, you know, and and it, it makes you face your own mortality. And you realize that life has no respect to person. If no. they can take Kobe Bryant, who are you? Who are you? And, and it, it also, it also, not only does it make us face our mortality, it also makes us face our own feelings of inadequacy. Yeah. Because what have you done with your life, and what are you doing with it? Because even with his death at forty-one, it's hard to say that he did not live a full life, grand life. Like we feel cheated. I, my, me personally, I feel cheated, and I know that everybody feels cheated, and that pales. Oh my God, that pales so much in comparison to what his wife must feel. Right. But just in this space, like I was so looking forward to gray-haired Kobe Bryant. Like, I wanted to see the mumble mentality applied in every facet of life. Like I was looking forward to seeing. This man decided he wanted to try cycling deep down to <laughs> his age. You know what I'm saying? He competing in triathlons and stuff like that. Like, I was looking forward to see it. Like, really? My most painful media moment with the thing was watching Shaq. When he uh. was doing the little TNT special. When he, was, when he started breaking down. When he was talking about how they wouldn't get the joke at his Hall of Fame, Fame. ceremony. Yeah. That, that broke me. Yeah. That, that made me cry. I cried, cried when he said it. I yeah. Because, you know, again, going back to Festival Light, we had talked about all these things that we were going to do. And he died just before I got it. Just, yeah. just before I got everything that we talked about getting. Yeah. He died just before I got it. And so when I was sitting there, I was like, I know what you're feeling, big fella. I, I'm i with it. I completely understand it. This dude, through good or bad, regardless of the arguments, regardless of what anyone on the outside might think, you knew who you were to each other. Yeah. You knew what you accomplished together. You knew all the things that you wanted to do together. You knew what your kids meant to each other and what your what each other's kids meant to you. Yeah. And you never get to share share that stuff with them again. Like his his brother, I mean his son had just sent him a message via Instagram right. earlier that day <clears throat> and it was so heartbreaking because he responded back. Cole COVID texted him like 8.30 that morning. Right. He responded back probably 10 o'clock. He was like, how you been? And the agony of never being able to get that, a response to, back to that text, it is, it is, it's so visceral. It's such, such a, a bitter truth. I, I think, I think that's what sums all this up most. It's just bitter. There is no shining light in this. There's no silver lining to any no of this. There's no silver lining. It, like, it's a bright light gone too early. Like, he didn't, he didn't die for something. It's not like he was some war hero that died defending stuff. It wasn't like... Somebody killed him. It, 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 yeah. You would have had somebody... The, 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 there is no 
outlet for these feelings. Like when, when Nipsey when Nipsey was killed, when Nipsey was taken from us, we you could we angry. angry. You shot this man over like we had a whole show about it. The anger was placed somewhere. And with this there's nothing for us to do other than just be mad at ourselves in a way because it's people who we ain't talked to. It's right. people who we ain't touched. It's right. people that we have not communicated with effectively because we are still under the gumption and under the guise that tomorrow will come. And that's the reason why I felt the way I felt. It was like does the firmament raise for us when tragedy happens so we can truly see what's around us? Because if, if, if my relationship with you is on the fritz and somebody dies, I'm faced with mortality in that moment. Yeah. I have to realize that today could be my last the second I find out. Yeah. And now I have to look at everybody that I'm close to. And I'm looking across. I'm looking at your name on my phone. And if it, it was you, if it was you that left, how would I feel right now? Yeah. Am I going to let my pettiness or my ego keep me from actually having a relationship with you in this time when we know you can leave tomorrow and I never get this opportunity we know good and well because we've just seen like like we were saying there was nothing to differentiate Kobe from anybody else in this instance like Kobe it could have been anybody and Kobe with all his money with all of his resources with all his talent knowing how to talent, drive like, I mean, fly an apple, I mean, helicopter whatever, don't, don't save it from death. it does not ex no one is exempt uh, when I was like I want to say 19, I had a poem and it was called No One Is Exempt. And it was basically talking about how no matter what you're, no matter who you are, right. there are some things that you are not exempt from. But no matter who you are, there's only one thing that you are not exempt from, and that is death. Right. Everyone will leave, no matter what it is. Everything around it, all of the, the circumstances around it, it becomes null and void once you realize that death is final. It doesn't matter how you die. Once you're dead, it's nothing that no one can do to bring you back. And it's with that resounding fact, with that, with that heavy, hollow fact placed directly in our faces, it's like you have no choice but to sit in this emotion because there's nowhere else to go with it. So it's almost like we hoard it's like we hoard all of these sad feelings so that we can get through them all at once and then try to take something away from it. You know, like we want to stay present in this moment of sadness. We want to stay present in this moment of, I guess it's, I guess this is our way of paying homage to him. Like, look, we do feel you, because we do understand. Like, we do get exactly what you meant. We sorry that we couldn't have told you at this why you were still here, but... You meant a lot to a lot of people. Like Kobe Bryant, uh, the the city of Los Angeles is probably, L.A. is probably going through it after the loss of Nipsey, then coming back and losing, losing, you know, Kobe Bryant. Like the city is probably devastated. But Kobe had people all around the world sad and just distraught. The crown prince of Dubai had to make a statement. He I, had to make a tweet like, hey, man, you taught our youth. I legitimately think like, the only person in that city is loved is Kobe and Snoop. That's, that's the only it. person that you can even compare it to. Exactly. It's the two. Basically, L.A. has lost two of the three most important people they have ever had. Tupac, yeah. Kobe, 
and the only person left is Snoop. Cause you know, and that, that, that's not the downplay. Nipsey's important. No, we, but, I know but, exactly but, what but, you're but saying. But Nipsey wasn't the national, not national, international, global figure that they were. Nah, Nipsey he was, was just starting. Right, he mm -hmm. was just starting. He he eventually could have gotten there. But yeah, it's sad to see his light stumped out. But then again, going back to Kobe Bryant and his age. Kobe Bryant is 41. He had a full life. Right. And, I mean, just what he accomplished in 41, he is a legend forever in the world. And, as we can say, as far as L.A. culture, you will never be able to say L.A. without mentioning the Lakers. And you cannot speak about the Lakers without speaking about Kobe being Bryant. Mm -hmm. Like, you cannot speak about this without mentioning who Kobe was. Like, I was so enthralled by Kobe Bryant because it was so... The mama mentality to me looks like this. Unafraid. Unafraid. And when you start to see fear in its eyes, it registers, it registers only for you as danger. Because when they are afraid, you should be even more afraid. Tenacity. Tenacious by any means necessary. You can have me on the ground and I'm still going to be looking you in your eye. Talking shit. Talking just bloop, 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 bloop. And eventually I'm going to get up. Even though you feel like you have me in a place of just complete and utter just domination. I'm still going to find myself out of this hole and get up by any means necessary. I love to see Kobe go off. I enjoyed seeing him rain down bloodshed on his <laughs> opponents, bro. Like, I love to see it. And I, I keep referencing this because it is truly how I feel about Kobe. And it's, it's what I've always felt about Kobe. I understand that he took the moves from Jordan. But there is nothing about Michael Jordan in his mindset that is talked about today. There is no Jordan mentality. There's a mamba mentality because because Kobe Bryant is your favorite basketball player, favorite basketball player. Kobe Bryant has every basketball player in the league at this point, from Kyrie to Russ to Durant to Durant, LeBron. LeBron. They loved they loved him. They called him Big Bro to Melo. They loved him. They looked at him as if he was. That's his. That's their big brother, and they emulated not his style, not his athleticism, but his, but his mentality. When you were talking earlier about no, I need people, I need people. Right. Kobe Bryant, yes, he did that, and it was for me watching Kobe stop making moves sheerly off of athleticism right. and start making moves mentally. That's the that's the mama mentality. I'm not finna go up here and, and throw. I can go down here and get all the points. But that's not going to win us the game. Russell Westbrook. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, the the ability to just get out there and say, I'm going to do whatever needs to be done to get the W, which means getting off of my high horse, humbling myself, and doing the work. That is exactly what Mamba mentality was. I didn't see him as arrogant towards the middle of his life. Towards the beginning of his life, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Kobe with the fro. Kobe with the fro was my go-to guy, bro. Like, who, who is a rookie? Who is a rookie shoots two air balls to end the playoff game? <laughs> who does that as a rookie? <laughs> What's going? You shoot one, you miss. All right, that's fine. He got the other. Like, shoot, in my shot. Shoot air ball. Yeah. 
I mean, okay, I'm, I'm about to make I'm about to make a controversial statement. I'm going to explain it. Kobe Bryant is the greatest basketball player there ever was. Now, I'm not saying he's the best basketball player there ever was. And what I mean by this is you're looking at a man. He does not have the physical gifts of a Shaq or a Giannis or even a Michael Jordan, who is the most similar to him and Bill. Jordan was faster. Jordan was stronger. Jordan had massive hands. Jordan could jump higher. When Jordan came in the league, Jordan was the fastest player in the league. There's a reason they called him the Black Cat. They used to call him the Black Cat and the Black Flash before yeah. they called him Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but, I remember Black Flash. But, but, like, this is like, Kobe didn't have those gifts. Yeah, he was athletic, crazy athletic, especially by normal people's standards. Mm. But by NBA standards, kind of upper middle of the pack. He wasn't no T-Mac. He wasn't no LeBron. T-Mac. He wasn't no Zion. Nothing crazy like that, right? Yeah. So, you get a dude who has, yes, great athleticism. Because hell, even Jerry West. Because, you know, the Lakers worked out Tracy McGrady. Because they were thinking about drafting him. Yeah. They said Tracy McGrady's workout was so much better than Kobe's. It wasn't even funny. But they didn't draft him. You want to know why? Because that bike. Because <laughs> <laughs> that bike. No, but because of... Because of Kobe's mindset. The, and you were saying before about like the reason we were talking about Jordan's mindset. That's because Kobe's mindset was a choice. Jordan is just a psychopath. You said exactly that today. Like he made, he chose, he chose to do that. Yeah. Jo- jo- Jordan, Jordan has a problem. Jordan used to cheat my Pippin grandma at, 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 at Old Maid and, and stuff. <laughs> Jordan had a fear of losing. Uh, jo- 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 Jordan, he Jordan is compulsive. He couldn't Jordan, take he losing. He cannot help himself. But, like, people will tell you, like, Kobe, like, once he left that, Kobe could leave it behind. He he could do this, and then he could, he could compartmentalize. Jordan couldn't do that. And so you take a dude who don't have the same gifts that these other dudes do, but you cannot mention him without mentioning him in the same breath as far as his greatness. You want to know why? Because of hard, not, not that the other dudes didn't work hard, but he had to work that much harder to make up the gap in athleticism. Yeah. He had to be better in other ways. He had to understand that it don't matter if you're faster than me. If I move at this angle on you, that I can still cut you off better. Yeah. And that's the reason he used to sit there and watch so much footage. And have y'all ever seen his detail series where he's sitting and he's break? Yeah, it's amazing to the watch man, somebody. Break. The man's mind is amazing. And all these things are a choice. And I think what drew him to me the most, especially as I got older was his thirst for understanding. Mm-hmm. It bugged him if he didn't understand stuff. And I'm yeah. the same way. That's the reason why I connect with him so much. Like, to me, not knowing is a sin. Yeah. If absolutely. you don't know, there's no reason that you should not find out. Mm-hmm. I hate the words, I don't know. Like, it bothers me when I ask a question people say, I don't know. No, you know what? I don't mind, I don't know. What, what, what bothers me is that that's the end of it. I don't know when. And not gonna find out. Not gonna find out. Yeah. I, it's plenty of stuff I don't know. You best believe I'm. I'm. I'm if I don't know what I'm trying to. Yeah. yeah. And, and just like you said, the mumba mentality. This entire idea of I want to. The the only way that he could conquer was that he had to know and understand everything. It's like Sun Tzu in the, in the Art of War. Yes. 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 To, yes. Called, Come on to, here. To to know yourself 
means you're endangering everybody. To not to know nothing, to know neither your enemy nor yourself means you never win a battle. To know yourself means you win half your battles. To know yourself and your enemy means you are never endangering a hundred battles. Right. He did everything he could to know himself and, and his, his enemy. enemy. And that's why he won. I feel with with COVID, just just speaking about COVID, bro, like I I'm sorry, I was a fan of everything he did. Love you know what I'm saying? I was a fan of everything that man did on the basketball floor. Cause man, let me tell you something. Like I was just I was just telling you earlier, like, yeah, y'all stole off on COVID. <laughs> y'all did. Christian. But guess how that game went? <laughs> guess how that game went? You gotta fight with Reggie Hey, <laughs> listen. Brawling. But guess how that game went? He gonna run it up. And get what you gonna have to come and play with him too. Run our tents. <laughs> yeah. Like all of this. Like Matt I, Matt Bar- <laughs> that, that, For the money. Like that's that's still that's still the most cold blooded thing. Now the funny have y'all ever seen have y'all ever seen what really happened in the thing where Matt Barnes like faked the ball at him and he don't move? Have y'all ever seen the <laughs> the, the, the above video of that? The reason the, <laughs> I, I, I hate a sort of bust the illusion. That ball ain't nowhere no, near Kobe. Yeah, <laughs> like, Matt Barnes like four feet to the left of Kobe when he does that. But because of the camera angle, angle it, it looked like he's right there next to him. <laughs> it looked like he's right next to him. But, and the, you don't even see the above shot being shaved. But the reason why it's so funny is because people, you, you, you believe, you know he would do this anyway. <laughs> like, you knew Kobe would do that anyway. His reaction to a lot of stuff was, you think you bad. You know what I'm saying? I, Man, Kobe's last game. He I, I cried, bruh. Like, no, y'all, like, I cried doing Kobe's last game. And not the re airing, but no, because Kobe played the same night as Golden State. Baby, I wasn't watching Golden State. I was watching Kobe's last game because I just wanted to see everybody in the audience. I wanted to see the way this man was, was going to live. Who was there? Like, I, I, saw, I, saw, I saw the, the usuals. You know, Jack Nicholson, Snoop, Celeste, Like, I, I witnessed the usuals, you know what I'm saying? But to see Shaq and to know that he said, I bet you can't get 50, and he really got 60, like... I was talking so much trash the next day. The 60 man. Yeah, I was talking. He ain't got to retire. He got, I was talking mad junk the next day, bro. Like, because it was so beautiful to me to see the way that everybody, like, Kobe's farewell tour was done so graciously. You know what I'm saying? They right. gave him his respect. Like, seeing him go toe-to-toe to every city and him some games they lost you know what i'm saying but he still went out there nobody gave him any sympathy but you know what i'm saying seeing lebron check him like no i want this one i want this one it's midway through the third quarter y'all up three let's let's, go you gonna have to work for this yeah like but but still even still like seeing like lebron james they they tried to make him an enemy and lebron was always he worked like I won't say he worshiped the man, but they loved each other. It's the same relationship Kobe and Jordan had. Like Jordan loved Kobe, yeah. Because that Kobe was one of the few people that he could come at and he wouldn't break it. Yeah. Like like Jordan, Jordan. Part of the reason that Jordan wouldn't necessarily close with a lot of other dudes is because with his competitiveness, he would break people. It just brought more out of Kobe, and that intrigues a person like Jordan. How much can you take? Right, all of it. What you got? One more you got? Kobe yeah. saying, not, not Kobe wasn't gonna move. He mm-hmm. wasn't gonna move. I mean, what's that like? 
Y'all ever heard the story uh like with like Jordan last year when Kobe dropped Kobe dropped fifty five on him? Yeah. Like what happened is <laughs> Jordan, cause you know this Jordan Jordan forty years old, but he's still Jordan. Jordan and the Wizards give the Lakers the business, and he talking shit to Kobe, and he tell Kobe. You don't have it was something, something like you don't have a right to be mentioned in the same sentence as me or something like that, right? And they say Kobe does not talk to the team for the next two weeks. He don't talk to no. He don't talk to the coaching staff. He don't talk to the other players. Like Derek Fisher, his best friend, they came in the draft together. Yeah. Yeah. Like Derek Fisher trying to talk to it. Kobe, look at Man, it. Man, fish. Turn around and keep moving, man. And so like. Eventually, Rick Fox and Derek Fisher figured out what happened. Because they didn't know that Jordan, that Jordan told him that. So they turned around, and the reason he didn't talk to him for two weeks is because two weeks later, they played the Wizards again. Yeah. And he torched Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was, they, 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 were, uh, they were like, it was that game. That game where Jordan finally gave him, like, like respect, respect. It was like, yeah, you know. And... That's just the the sort of man, man. I I I want to I want to peel something back. When when Kobe like... when Kobe when Kobe was younger, Kobe told Tracy McGrady, and I'm, I'm this is also from interviews I watched him say. Teammate, what's called it? Kobe <laughs> Kobe, Kobe told Tracy McGrady that he wanted to die young. Yeah. Because. Which I let you know, like, with, with Jay Z, you know, y'all remember that Jay Z line talking about uh, James Dean told me something, die young, leave a beautiful corpse, that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, y'all know, I'm a cancer survivor. I, under, I understood that to some extent. Like, I want to do everything I can and get up out of here before I live so old, before I get so old, I can't do anything anymore. Right. right. His mentality changed as he got older. Because. The same, that same brashness that we were talking about, the same sort of drive, the same sort of vitriol, venom that he had in him. His, I got to prove everything. He realized that just life itself, just by living, I'm going to prove things. Yeah. And then the other thing is, am I really trying to prove stuff to other people? Or to myself. Or to myself. Yeah. And especially once he became a father. Yeah. He now has something to live for that is not just these selfish goals that he self the legacy for himself. Yeah. And so like the thing that makes this the most tragic for me is knowing what he was, seeing the things that happened in his life that changed him and knowing that now I'm past all that. I don't want to live. I, I, I don't want to die young because I got stuff to live for. I want to see my kids grow up. I got this other stuff. And now, yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, we were saying that there's no silver lining. That's tough. We were saying that there's no silver lining. I, I guess you can sort of take the bittersweet. The only silver lining that you could take from this is that now he is immortal in a way that he could never be any other way. It, it, y'all have seen the movie Troy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Troy's one of my favorite movies of all time. Absolutely. Y'all remember when Achilles is talking to Thetis, is talking to his mom, and she tells him, she's like, you have a choice. She was like, you can stay here. You can stay at home. You're going to live a normal life. You're going to get a wife, have kids, and you will be beloved. But after your children's and your children's children, and even your children's children, children are gone, you'll be forgotten. No one will ever remember your name. But you can go off the wall. 
and get great glory. But that young. But you're going to die. But by dying, you will be immortal. And it's the same thing with Tupac, the same thing with Big L. Regardless, 20 years down the line, we're going to forget every flaw that man ever had. We're going to remember that he died young, and he's going to be mentioned in the same breath as Mike every time you talk about him. He's going to be, look, look, the messed up thing is, unless LeBron wins three championships in L.A., LeBron can never be the number two all-time anymore. It's going to be Kobe because of this. That I, that's the only thing that I can see that could even potentially be a silver line in all this. He but is now greater in death than he po possibly could have been in life. Because now it's no longer we know what he was going to do. Now it's all theory craft. Yeah, like well, I was going to talk about Kobe Bryant because we're always trying to make a story in our heads that fit the way that we wanted it to fit. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like with, with speaking about Kobe, it's like I'm I'm left, my silver lining that I'm taking from this is Kobe's last public, public anything was a tweet. And it was congratulating LeBron. For passing him. For passing him. That's the last thing that he actually shared with the world. The most competitive man we've ever known. The most so much. That he left us with, go. Be, I ain't tripping. Be greater be than greater me. Be greater than me. The most competitive man that we have ever known. You hated him. He was a ball hog. He was a glory stone. Oh my God. And the last thing he left, I'm last so thing he gave you, you is you. I'm happy for you. And you can just go ahead and go on. The last thing we got was remembering that. And remembering that LeBron was like mama for life. He put it on his shoes. Like they had a respect for each other. That is past any of this petty barbershop talk. This was these were two grown men, and if you take the basketball player thing out of the out of out of it, Kobe Bryant major his major craft was basketball. He was a basketball player. That's how he entered our homes. But I was looking forward to seeing what he was going to do outside of him being the number one star. How does he affect the world from the background? And he was about to do it. You know, like all this stuff we see Jay Z doing, I have a feeling he was about to do. He's about to do the same thing from the athletic perspective. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Thing. Like ushering in. Like we already have a lot of our entertainers as far as rappers and singers on board for for revolution. You know, right. we have Cap Kaepernick who was involved from the football aspect. Right. Who better than Kobe Bryant, who was now trying to take a stand for our ladies at WNBA, you know, who was trying to say, hey, this is what needs to be done here. Like, and they finally man. got a commissioner that works. And they him, him and LeBron, uh, Kobe and LeBron, because uh, LeBron got maybe two, three more years left. Cause I, was, I think he wants to play with the son. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's his ultimate goal. He wants to play with the son like the Griffiths. But him and Le, him, LeBron and Kobe were about to do things we can't imagine. And I'm so hurt by that, you know, because Kobe Bryant was somebody who, like I said, and like you were saying, watching Kobe Bryant change was like a gift to me. It was a gift. Because I remember scrapping Kobe. <laughs> I love scrapping Kobe, bro, and I grew up having to swallow my own pride right. the same way he had to. Right. I remember you know, I would Whenever people would bring up LeBron, I love LeBron too. Yeah. I love LeBron because I don't hate anybody. Like when people bring up LeBron, 
as a means to discredit COVID, I would always perk up. So it made me look like more so a Kobe fan than a LeBron fan. Right. But it's it's not so much as that. It's just like none of you mo- mm, <laughs> none of you niggas is gonna shade Kobe being Brian. Like none of you are going to make him seem like what he is is just a placeholder for LeBron James right. because right. because LeBron James emulated Kobe in the same way. He studied. He studied COVID, bro. Like, all he great. studied everybody. All great studied greats. Bosses raise other bosses. So, we're not going to make COVID seem as not, small. Why would you not copy what works? It, it works. works. for a reason. Like, I love to see LeBron. I love to see LeBron play. My favorite basketball player at a time was Russell Westbrook because of his athleticism, because he put me in the mindset of that braggadocious, arrogant, fire-breathing dragon. But I realized that the mumble mentality is not inside of Russ because he does not know how to... I'm sorry, it seemed like I got an issue with Russell Westbrook right now because <laughs> it's my third time to debase Russell Westbrook. Like, And I love Russell Westbrook. It's just... At what point do you stop having the gumption to start doing things purely from an athletic perspective and start using your brain? Like, I see Russell Westbrook go run all the way down the court. He didn't pass three folks he could have passed the ball to. Run all the way down the court, get the score, you all, have, and you still lose. You have to think what the mentality of a basketball player is that can get 20 points. 20, 20 assists points. and 20 rebounds For six. at will. You see what I'm saying? Let us also not neglect the influences that Kobe had that Russ does. Yeah. True. I mean, I'm like, not, Kobe, I'm, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe had Jerry West. Kobe had Magic. Phil Jackson. Magic. Yeah, he Phil had Jackson. people to teach him how to win. Who has been there for Russ to teach him how to win? See, my problem with Russ is, is this. I gave him that excuse Probably like a year after Durant left, mm-hmm. I gave him that excuse then. Did you say Durant or? Because I, I like the nickname now. Well, we yeah, Durant. Durant. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Durant. He, no, okay. he, he acted like the baby in the family yeah. with an attitude. He ain't lying. <laughs> the one that all you picked up. He ain't lying. That's official. He, yeah, Durant. Durant. <laughs> but after, uh, after KD left, I gave him an excuse. But. The mind of a person that can go out here and put up 60 at will means that you have the mental capacity to stall yourself out. You know what you can do. See, this late in your career, if I'm going to say late, he still got a couple more years in him. But I'm saying this late in your career, you're still not working well with people. You still think that you can do it by yourself. And... I'm saddened for him because when you think about the the people that, like you said, if we bring up who our Kobe had to influence him, it's like, I, I really need you to get around some people because I can see where Kyrie and Russ both have the athleticism to be able to be great, but only one of them truly applies. The mama mentality. Whenever you're able to flip the switch on and flip the switch off. I just don't know if Russ did need to level out some more. Or he just... I, I don't know what that is. I, think, I, I, I mean, just... Given, I like, just feel... Kobe had an influence I just of a being sad a, right now. a calculated I know athlete was with as a child. Right. Like, yeah. he grew up in that. He grew up at, with a professional basketball player to tell him what to do. Like, yeah. like, like Steph Curry. Yeah. So, yeah. they have a different mentality while playing. Yeah. They understand this is chess. 
the entire time. Russell Westbrook's approach to this effort, is effort, 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 effort. Yeah, it's it's like it's like. It's like lifting weights for him. Like, he go in here just to exasperate himself to say he did the work. Yes, that's my problem. Because, listen, Russ, if you get out here and you make out, you get, your stats come up clean. Your stats, Russ get out on the court and you love to see him. I love to watch Russell Westbrook play. But if that comes with a, a L, like, that comes with an L, it's like Melo going to play the Olympic, going to play in the Olympics, you know. And and still going back to the Knicks. It's like, bro, what, what, what you trying to do? <laughs> what you trying to do? I have my feelings towards Melo, too, but I'm leaving that alone. Oh, 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 you know but, 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 okay, like, especially, especially where Russ is now. What do Russ and Carmelo back then have in common? Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. Who don't know how to win. Yeah, yeah. But, but, because it's... Fair point. The, 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 the real issue is, and a lot of times you downplay coaching. The... The thing with Kobe and Jordan, because Jordan didn't know how to win until he got Phil. Yeah. What, what's called the thing with Phil, the two greatest when it comes to being able to change your game plan is Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich. Yeah, I'm just after the say. Now let you go and put uh, you go and put Pop in there. Uh, now. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. What's called to me, Pop, Pop is the goat. Yeah. I've never seen anybody do more with less. Bro. Pop and uh, Coach Coach K. He, like, he coached. Even Manu Ginobili. Yeah. It's a superstar. No, no, hey, hey. Ginobili was a superstar before he got that. Like, like, Ginobili was I'm talking about from our standpoint of what right. basketball is supposed to be. Right. Like, no, you, hey, if you see the name Manu Ginobili on the. Uh, you get the pick <laughs> between the. Right. This ain't the person you trying to go see play. But, hey, hey, hey. Nah, real talk, man. If Ginobili had a. Ginobili. <laughs> If Ginobili had been a starter his whole career, we'd be talking about Ginobili as a top 10, maybe even top 5 shooting guard all the time. Uh. Ginobili was that. Dude, yeah. boy, he Obi -Wan. do everything. <laughs> Obi-Wan, Ginobili. Ginobili. <laughs> he could do everything. He could shoot, he could pass, he could defend. He was Obviously, he was unselfish because he played off the bench his entire career. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine Kobe being on the bench? Kobe, we need to come off the bench. He had, a, he, had an issue. <laughs> he had an issue with coming off the bench, and Eddie George was the person in front of him. <laughs> an all-star. Somebody who's actually proven to be an excellent basketball player. Yeah. to trade an all-star to make room for him because he would not come off the, the bench. bench. And he originally like, 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 I just, y'all remember Pop video that came on VH1? You uh -huh. know, like, had your little commentary to pop up. Uh -huh. Like, I, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I wanted, man, man y'all, you just don't understand. Like, the things I wanted from Kobe was stuff like that. I wanted Kobe to look back at old footage and assess other characters, <laughs> other players. Say and, what he thought like, in the game. Say what he thought in the point. game. I wanted him to, not even just with his game, but I wanted him, like, I wanted to hear Kobe Bryant talk about Lynn Sanity. I wanted to hear him talk about that on and off I, the media frenzy that was Lynn Sanity. I, I, I wanted. Think you did hear enough I, no, I wanted. <laughs> I wanted him to talk about it in grave detail because, I, because Lynn Sanity, when Jeremy Lynn and everybody was on fire, it was so. It was such a big, big thing that everybody was kind of other people was kind of looking at it like, okay, yeah, he did good tonight. We had never seen an Asian dude ball though. Exactly. That was the thing. Was, you had never, never seen, seen a Asian big dude Asian dude ball, and then when and then it was like, turn the lights off. No, no, Rico Love. No, no. <laughs> the thing is, what's called like the entire reason Lynn Sanders started is because Melo went out. Melo yes. Hurt. Yes. And so yes. Now, now you put the ball yes. in your hands. 
in D'Antoni's system. That's yeah. why any, anytime you look at anybody who plays under D'Antoni, you got to take all these stats with a grain of salt. Because yeah. D'Antoni, if you got the ball in your hand, D'Antoni makes you look like God. <laughs> you know, oh my God, he makes you look amazing. Yeah. And so, you get this, what is it? it, it, it the thing was, it wasn't like he only did it for five games. He did it, it was nearly 30 games. It was like almost half the season. Yeah. He was torching people. Yeah. Then Melo came back and he said, why? Because Melo stops the ball. And, it's not a, it's a knock on Melo in the modern strong. NBA system, mm-hmm. but back in the day, that's, that's what, what you wanted. needed to do. You yeah, wanted somebody yeah. to stop the ball to get momentum going for your team. Exactly. Uh-huh. But, but what's called Melo not to do? Melo don't make cuts. Melo don't catch and shoot. You throw Melo, Melo isolate. Melo do his moves. Melo shoot his shot. Yeah. And th- that's just not the the game had begun its transformation at that point. And Jeremy Lamb was someone who could have carried you to the future with that transformation. Yeah. Melo wouldn't, but they. Traded the whole team and paid all that money for Melo. So who you gonna get a ball to? Exactly. Like for mm, okay, all right. I'm gonna move off Carmelo Anthony because <laughs> I got I got bullets for Carmelo and it's not out of I love, I love, I love Carmelo, but man, listen to me. I don't feel man, sorry for Carmelo man, either though. The only thing with Melo is Melo Melo was just come from the wrong age, man. You man. had to put yeah. Melo had it been drafted in the nineties. Melo would have been top five player in the nineties. But man. Carmelo Anthony wanted some money and a doggone eighteenth. Gold medal from the Olympics, but you did this whole I right. Kobe being Bryant. Um, listen, I wanted Kobe to be able to critique players. I wanted that. Yeah. I wanted to hear from yeah. him. I wanted to be able to have that pop up video type of thing. I wanted to be able to hear that. I wanted for Kobe to actually be a judge. I wanted for Kobe to go through his golden years, and we wanted to hear what Kobe was saying because when Kobe was playing, Kobe's number one. Goal was to talk about to not talk really. He was just here to execute, and I appreciated that. So seeing Kobe now and open up and be personable and talk to us and man, Kobe Bryant, you're so cool. I know, like seeing him be funny, like the eight, like the Jalen Rose. Oh my God! Nah, man, he's hilarious. Nah, man, the the the, the Kobe system thing. But with Kanye, you're welcome. Are you, boy, listen, but are you a different animal on the same beast? What the fuck? What, 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 what I want more than anything, man. I want to You're welcome. I want Kobe to join inside the NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know how good? It's already, to me, yeah. that's the best show on television, period. Yeah. I, man, he would have took that thing to a whole new level. He would have been arguing with Shaq and Barkley. It would have been hilarious. Oh it would have been the best, man. I wanted to see him interact with D-Wade. I wanted to see him interact with D-Wade and, and Shaq more than anybody. I wouldn't really stun him talking to Charles because I, I really don't care Kobe, about Barkley. I really don't care about Barkley. But, <laughs> I mean, you really got to understand, you got to move the ball, and everybody not going to be like you, Kobe. Everybody not going to be like, I don't want to hit it. Listen, I, listen, 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 listen. I don't want to hit it. <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. It was but terrible. Kobe Bryant, 25, 50 point, 60 point. 60 <laughs> <laughs> point. And, and I just wanted to hear him and, and shake. Shout I out wanted... to Barkley. Shout out to him, mama. What's kind of my mama and Charles Barkley? So shout out. Man, yeah, I hate Charles Barkley, but you know, I wasn't really interested in seeing him in a Alabama. Uh, so, boy, he but, but I mean, like, for him, 
Eh, but I wanted to see him interact with Shaq, and I wanted to see him interact with D-Wade, because again, I love D-Wade too. D-Wade! Shout out to Tree. I wanted to see him him talk right. to them and interact, because I love seeing black men interact with each other, first and foremost. Secondly, you hardly get a chance to see black men really love on each other, because everything that black men are into, like, when we see them interacting with each other, it's usually a competitive sport. It's usually basketball, football, acting. Black men are usually, you know what I'm saying, headbutting each other for some type of thing. So to see people in their glory years and they can sit down and they can talk and be like, yeah, man, we did all that to just get here. I wanted to see that. Bell, why do you think I put such effort into always trying to tell all y'all I love y'all, man, all my homeboys? And, like, because I've told my other friends that I like, I know I make niggas uncomfortable sometimes. And I don't care. I, mm -hmm. You should be. Because I'm trying to get that out of you. Mm -hmm. Like this idea that because you're a man. It's too hard for yourself. Because you're a man, you can't be affectionate. You can't tell another man you love him. You can't show another man affection, things like that. That's literally what's killing us. Yeah. yeah. It's killing us. Like That's the idea of homosexuality. I saw something you post earlier. It was like, man, I don't like eating vagina. It made me feel gay. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> homosexual <laughs> so homosexual acts that is a man with a woman. <laughs> that joke was, was so funny. Right. But it's, 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 like, it's a lot of dudes that actually think stupid crap like that, man. Yeah. And I'm like, like I, I understand part of it is just mass manipulation and destruction of our of, of us as a people. That, but, you know, that's a whole nother yeah. five-hour conversation. Yeah. But, you know, like, my thing is, like, Again, going back to Kobe, the transformation of him from being that closed off, never talking to nobody. Yeah, Get it yeah, done. This. Yeah. Man, what's up? They, they don't trade fucking Andrew Bynum for Jason Kidd. Y'all remember that video? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He, he, he went from that to showing love to everybody. To everybody. Everybody at all times. Like you remember doing the farewell, they was like, hate you had the I hate Kobe speech. Right. You know, everybody hated Kobe, but to see him leave, it was kinda like, uh and it's like it feels like that all over again. Right. It feels like that all over again when you having to kiss the ring at this point. Right. Like people are having to kiss the ring at this point and it's like just talking about the COVID now, he probably would shy away from anybody trying to kiss the ring and just for being a good person. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Marvel at his accomplishments, but for being a good person, ew, right. get away from he like, severed, He yeah. severed completely all of the old stuff that people thought about him. Yeah. yeah. He cut all of it. And he didn't do it by telling people to change their mindsets or giving them something else to talk about. He just kept living. Yeah. He kept being the exact yeah. same person. And he said, eventually, these narratives you got about me going to run out. Council culture is not potent enough for Kobe Bryant. Like, or anybody, really. He literally faced all, every accusation, every every downplay, every every look over, every, oh, you 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 great value, Jordan. Because I've said that in, in, yeah. in sports debate. Right. You He took all that on the chin. Right. And still... Tore his Achilles, dropped two free throws, and walked off. Walked off. Walked off. Do you, uh, do you fathom what a torn Achilles feels like? Like, but, but I've had plenty of fascitis. I'm not walking off nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> like I sprained my ankle, and at my, at me trying to walk with a sprained ankle, it looked like a dolphin walking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I understand. I understand the level of pain that comes along because that's, that's the upgraded version of what I had. Yeah. You're not the man shot two free throws and walked off the floor. Pain tolerance out of out of this world. And you talking about people that catch cramps? 
The best thing is is what everybody's going to take away, because everybody gets something different. Everybody gets because we all live different lives, right. but it's something that you take from him, and you apply it to your own life, and then you're better for it, right? Because you realize that it's not how big this fight is. Right. I just got to outlast it. Right. I don't have to 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 stamp my flag in the ground and beat my chest on top of it. When the when the when the time runs out, I just got to be one point ahead. And, and however I need to get there, that's what I'm gonna do. When, when you saw that Kobe on on the floor, right? Yeah. I just gotta outlast you, man. First of like I, I I do want I want to take that, and I want to take because like I never had the fortune of meeting the man, but I did get to talk to him once, and which I, I, I do I do want to tell that story. Like I was diagnosed with cancer three days after my 16th birthday, March uh, my May second, 2001. So this, if you know the NBA season, you know this is the end of the playoffs. Most mm. this is most time this is end of the first round, getting to the second round, right? So, a week after I was diagnosed, the Make a Wish Foundation come around and asked me what I want. Now, I've never had any experience with any of this stuff, so in my mind, I'm just like, oh, it must be just because I got canceled. So I'm just, you know, I'm gonna get some neat stuff to keep on trucking. Mm -hmm. It don't even done, and my dumb ass little mind that you forget that Make a Wish mean you dead, nigga. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. no one told me my odds. I had a rare cancer called rhabdomyosarcoma. You can look it up. Even now, even now, and this is mm, almost 20 years later, survival chance for people, for young, because you, normally you get it when you're really young. If you get it past the age of nine, your survival chances drop dramatically. I got it at 16. Mm -hmm. Even back then, getting it really young, your survival chances were like 23%. Mine were basically none. And so I didn't know none of this. I, I say ignorance is bliss. I, 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 yeah, if you would have known that you was probably finna die, you probably would have died. I was just Herbert Dermot. I would tell John the reason I'm alive because I was too dumb to die. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally what it was. Hey, that's so, cold. So I, I, I asked, what's that? Asked me what I want to like. Shit. I'm like, I want to meet Kobe and shit. I'm saying it as a joke. And so then they're like, well, well, we know, we don't know if we could facilitate that because you know you can't travel and things like that because the, the the chemo they had me on. Uh, obliterated my immune system, right? Mm. I literally had no immune system left, so I can't travel being in a city like LA and no crap like that, right? So, like, you know, like, laughing off a lot, just give me PlayStation 2, big screen TV, big screen TV, DVD player, that kind of Because, like I said, death ain't even crossing my mind. I'm just thinking, what can I, because since I gotta just sit in my bedroom the whole time while I'm sick, might as well have something to do while I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. So, about two weeks later, this is beginning of June, or uh, end of May, beginning of June, right? So, if you, again, if you know NBA basketball, you know what happens that time. Yeah. Come, at the end of the conference finals, beginning of the goddamn NBA right. championship. Yeah. And this is the second champion, uh, championship run, right? To make a wish people come back, they deliver me my swag, and they got, we got a surprise for you. To me, you got a surprise for me. They hand me a phone. Pick up the phone. It was like, this Charles? Yeah. I heard you was a fan. My eyes opened up because I recognized that voice. Because I heard him interview on TV. Yeah. And he was like, look, he was like, you know, did you want you to know I appreciate you having you as a fan? And this is, you know, I know. Because the thing is, nearly 20 years ago, I can't remember exactly what he says. But it, 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 to, sum, to summarize, to paraphrase it, he's saying, you know, sometimes life will have you with your back against the wall. And like you said, that outlast, you're like, 
you just you fight. You fight and you never stop fighting. Here like end of the day, you might win the game, you might lose the game. As long as you didn't fault, you're gonna walk away with your head held high. I talked to him for about four minutes. And he told me he was like, Hey, you know, what's kind of like, you know, we gonna I, I never got my damn jersey. But you know, he was like, you know, what's kind of seeing your jersey? He was like, it was kind of room for us, you can watch us there and all like, yeah, man, I know y'all gonna win, y'all gonna sweep them, man, it's gonna be easy. You and Shaq, y'all got this, man, this and this. Man, I just appreciate you, this and this. Hung up. What's call it? Now, when I tell you that I, I was already in high spirits, cause I said too dumb and all that. But that floated me through. What's called? I got through I had a year of treatment. I breezed through that year of treatment, man. I had the I had the harshest chemical cocktail you can imagine. That just burned me apart from the inside. To the part where I had to they almost had to give me a trick cause I couldn't eat anymore. Uh-huh. I had to be fed through a tube in my side. And talking to that man for four minutes helped get me through that. Helped get me through insurmountable odds. And you wonder why people connect with these people and why these people are important to us. Because it ain't even a matter of idolizing them or placing them in the position of God and nothing like that. Just to know that someone who is doing something like that is willing to take the time to talk to you. To talk to some kid from Alabama that he ain't never met and ain't, ain't gonna, gonna never see ain't again. That means something. It means something. And we can't take for, we got to stop taking for granted that just because these people are rich and these people are in the spotlight, all this stuff, that these people aren't people. Yeah. These are people with feelings. And families. And families. And time and, of their own. And time and their own trials and tribulations. And, and, you know, I don't know what this man go through. I know this man is putting everything he got into his job because he's about to go through the hardest part of his job right now. And he got the time to take the time away from that. To talk to some kid because he heard some kid is a fan of his and his kid is dying. You know how I many people would not give a shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that would he never even got. Think about that. It got to him. That in itself is important. Think about how many people who the infrastructure around them. The people know that they don't care enough that they would never even mention it to them. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this is the sort of person that this would even get to tells you volumes about the sort of man he was at, what, 2001. This would have made him, what, like 21? Mm-hmm. 22? I, I wouldn't have been at that place at 22. I wouldn't have gave a damn. No. That, 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 that means something. Because if it was probably, you were probably one of 20 calls he had to make right there in that gap. Exactly. No, I mean, no, he didn't do it just just for you. But right. even if he did, it's just the right. fact that he took four minutes. Right. You know? Because he didn't, he didn't have, have to, to do, do that. that. You, know how much, you know how much film he needed to be watching? I wish I needed to begin shots up. Need to begin this massage. Need to get in the hot cold bath. Might need to get a cortisol injection. Because you beat up by the end of that long season in the playoffs. Second long playoff run. This is um, them trying to two-peat. That, that's mind-boggling to me that anybody, and the, 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 to me the thing is because he's famous, because he's successful, because he's wealthy, it still matters. Why does this matter to you? Uh-huh. You got everything. Most of the time when people do stuff like that, it's because they're trying to get up something. They're trying to build some sort of social or emotional capital with people in order to get somewhere. Uh-huh. He that already. Uh-huh. He got everything. And you still care. Mm-hmm. And it, it might be an insignificant thing to other people. It might have been insignificant to him. Mm-hmm. It meant everything to 16-year-old me. Right. And that, that's the reason his passing so suddenly and so unexpectedly. And 
hate to say pointless in it, but it's you know, it's just all like like just the like I said, the the there's nothing to blame. There's no outlet for it. I can't be mad and can't I, be mad at fall. And you know, like like, like I, I I hate to bring it up because you know you may do the same thing. That's why I kind of understand why people make conspiracy theories about crap because they, we we're trained to look for the boogeyman. Yeah, we're trained to blame the devil or to blame the dark side and the evil and this and this. And when there is nothing, we got to make one. You cre- they created like the, the the lady that did the little interview. Everybody was talking about this interview over the fact that this man was dead. Nakers. Like, the man died three hours ago, and the only thing we're talking about is this white woman in New York. Nakers. Because she, I mean, like, people act, you know how many people don't know what the Knicks are actually called? The Knicks are the New York Knickerbockers. Most people don't know what a Knickerbocker is. It's kind of pants, like the pajama, like the parachute pants. Yeah, um, Knickers. Knickers. Yeah. What's it called? Like, if, if, you, if you, think about it, if you just hear me say Knickerbockers, what that sound like? Nick, nigga blockers. <laughs> so if, if 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 I'm in a situation because people flood words all the time. Cobra Bryant just died, bro. It's a form of dyslexia. Com- it ain't even gotta be. You just fuck a word. I mean, I'm just saying, like you literally can throw words together that you weren't even trying to do, but just because you know they're supposed to be in the same sentence. Man, that later was on L, and Kobe Bryant had just died. Like, right? Kobe Bryant had just died. I'm surprised anybody had any words to one, give, but I one. mean. We don't know how she felt about it. Right. For we know, she was trying to hold it together. Because you don't know. But that's where the idea of giving people the benefit of the doubt comes in. You, everybody ain't a bad guy. And, and, and again, this this feeds back into what I was saying about Kobe and what he what he did for me, even though it was insignificant. Not many people thought Kobe was a bad guy. Yeah. Because of the way he conducted himself, because of his perceived arrogance, he wanted to be that way. Because that way, you won't get close. I will not be a victim to my emotions. See, having like he didn't talk to his. What you say? He didn't talk to his friends for two weeks. Talked to his own team for two weeks. Two weeks. Because he had to to store it up so he could use it. Yeah, he got to isolate himself. I mean, I'm familiar with that. It's things that Kobe Bryant applied to that I just I. I apply to my own life. Right. The mama mentality is like the refusal to give up. I'm too stubborn to lose. Well, I'm too stubborn to lose. I just can't. I just won't be able to. Like, we can talk about it. You know, we talk about it a little later. But man, you know I almost gave up, did it? <laughs> but I did. <laughs> you know, we can talk about it. But Kobe Bryant influenced me because whether whether you conversed about him or not, you can't deny greatness. Yes. It's greatness. Like Speaking he was greatness. But whether you hated it, whether you loved it, you great. hated it for something. You loved it for something. But it was greatness. Kobe Bryant basketball was a sight to see. My boy kind of saying when you shine, it's some love and some hate. You know, I, I, Chris say too much shine to dull the soul. <laughs> I he ain't want his soul though. I want. So he stopped shining. I'm sorry. I want people to. Feel for the people that they lose. Yeah. I don't want people to divest what the loss is. Right. When you try to find a reason to blame the guilt or the anger that you have when you've lost something, you're not sitting in it. You're not sitting in it. You're running from it. And when you run from that emotion, I feel like you can do that in any facet of your life. So now I have to, like, people like that, you now have to question. Because anytime anything gets a little too heavy, they're going to run from it. My, they gonna push it aside. My grandfather um, was by 
by far the most important man in my life to me. I lost my grandfather and I lost my brother in the same year, 2003. My grandfather was the father I never had. And he was the person that actually took care. This is his necklace. He is the person that actually took care of me and my mother. My mother, I was his, I was the favorite. <laughs> okay. Um, so he was the most important man to me in my life. And he passed. And he passed. And I was the last person to find out about it. So my grandfather was a rather... Um, I really wish everybody had a chance to meet my granddad. I was so proud of him because my granddad was was the old was the older fly cat, snake doctor. You know what I'm saying? Grand granddad was the type that would smoke a blunt and read the Bible and the Quran together. You know what I'm saying? To try to find what his what the commonality in it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot of things that he registered from from the Muslim faith, but being somebody who was raised in the Bible, first of all, my granddad was from New York, so you know, looking at a lot of these different things, he was really somebody that looked at things very nicely. You know, I can remember being around him and the smells that he smelled like back then. It's, as an adult, I know what it is. Now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know what that is now. I guess that's why I have a fascination for it. You know, he passed on those type of things as well as my love for Earth, Wind & Fire and music in general. But I said all that to say, when my grandfather, at his funeral, my grandfather was also a DJ and he also was a fan. He also was a, in a biker club. Man, your granddad sound like the dopest dude I've ever heard. Man, <laughs> my granddad, man, I swear to God, I wish you could have met him, man. I, 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 I promise you, I, my granddad was dope, man, and I'm his granddaughter. My grandfather was dope, but the when he died, hey, it, it is. Mm -hmm. I'm a proud recipient of it, dog. Like my granddaddy, at his funeral, he had all of these buff men, like you know, because bikers. Yeah. They don't go inside the church. They right. might congregate outside yeah, of the church. Outside. Yeah, but so I remember this happened, and I was so teed off when Kevin Hart made the joke because it actually happened to me. <laughs> my the dude was crying, and he was out of he was crying. He was like, "Man, they shouldn't have did him like that." Now my granddaddy died of council. so who shouldn't have did granddaddy like what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, and I, I mean, at the time, I'm, I'm what eighth grade. <laughs> I don't know what what who did what the granddad. We gotta go find this. We nigga gotta go counsel. find this nigga council. Like when, so when Kevin Hart made the made the joke, I was like, bruh, this nigga was you there? Like, bruh, this happened. I mean, Phyllis was standing in front of me. Jermaine was standing in front of me, and this nigga bust out and said, "Man, they ain't have to do them like that." And Phyllis and Jermaine kept talking. I'm like, y'all don't hear him. Y'all don't hear this man. We need to. Y'all lied to me. Y'all said granddaddy died of cancer. Who killed my granddaddy? So it's this boogeyman effect that, like, even in instances when people die, of of things such as cancer, diabetes, you know what I'm saying, stuff. That goes wrong in your body. We look for somebody to blame Why because... Why do doctors do more? Why they hide? Yes. Man, they, you shouldn't have died from no stuff like this. You know, because we want to be able to fight this boogeyman because that gives us somewhere to release these emotions. You have a face to put with these emotions. In moments like these, there's nothing left but to sit in this. And it's kind of like what I'm saying. Like, we're watching... So much emotional pornography here. People aren't getting their rocks off 
nothing sick like that but right. you want to immerse yourself in this because in some kind of way we feel like this is the only way that we can pay homage for the first two days but i want to to encourage people who are who are listening to this and people who are you know gonna catch it on replay what we want to kind of influence you guys to do is to apply the mamba mentality here now we've done enough grieving so now it's time to do exactly what he did go to the gym do work put work in continue 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 this is what we are doing. This is the best way that I feel that we could have paid homage to Kobe Bryant is by coming in here doing this show with somebody who we consider family who just gave y'all a, a very good example of what, not necessarily stardom, but what influence actually does. You never know from where your help may come. You never know from where your you know admiration may come. You never know who is inspired by who. So we look at Kobe Bryant as somebody who was larger than life and his life came to an end. It then makes you have to look at your own mortality. And I want to say, like, if you're going to be so stuck into what you have to do, make sure that what you're doing is something that you love to do and something that you commit to. And when we started this show, man, we fresh off a year. Like, in a minute, we're going to be a year old, February 6th. So proud of y'all, man. <laughs> no idea. In a minute, that's what we're going to be able to say that we did. We conquered a year abundant. We don't have nothing to prove to anybody but ourselves at this so. moment. But ourselves at this moment. Because we know, unequivocally, we did work. When it hurt us to do work. When it hurt us to do work. When it hurt yeah. us to get up here. We ain't have it to eat. We ain't have money to eat. Man, We were, I was homeless last year. I was homeless. You know what I'm saying? My whole entire family is now gone from Birmingham. I'm here by myself, committing myself to do this, to do work. And you had to move your whole family. You had to move your family and yourself out of a home. And here we is every Wednesday committing to this because it hurt to do it, but we do it. We won't be made to be feel. We will not be made to feel as if we are not doing enough of what we ain't doing is real or what we doing is is flaw in any circumstances because we paid dues and everything to be exactly where we at stripes and all. We make it look good the same way Kobe made it look good. We don't know what type of relationship problems he was having with Vanessa. We don't know what problems he had with his family. But every time we saw this man on the ball, it was so invigorating to watch him because we know he put it all out there. He left no stone unturned for his pursuit of greatness. Mumble mentality. He was in the gym while you was at the club. He was in the gym while you was doing whatever. He was in the gym. He was working. While you was in the gym. While you was in the gym. <laughs> he was in the gym. You was going to get there before. He was going to get there later than, before you and, and leave, leave after. after you. And still drop 40 that night. Kobe Bryant and his... One of my favorite memories out of all of the memories that's coming out right now is... How relentless he made the Mambas, his daughter's team. The team beat them by one point. They That team beat them by one point last season. Man, they took a picture in front of the scoreboard and the girls was jumping up. Man, they beat them children 117 points to something. <laughs> Overkill. Overkill. And my the thing that I get from that is, man, win. 
and win beautifully. Loss is only an opportunity to learn, and fear is only the things you have yet to conquer. Yes, God. I feel like like Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> if I got a slap of pussy, I'm going to make it look sexy. <laughs> <laughs> if I got a if I got a slab of pussy, I'm going to make it look sexy. I'm going to make it look sexy. If I got to go to war, y'all going to remember this for days to come, for years to come, for generations to come. I will be speaking about Kobe Bryant with gray hair because of the way he inspired me. I don't have to have a sports debate about Kobe Bryant because I registered Kobe Bryant somewhere so far from sports. I registered Kobe Bryant as... A black, a, a a fixture in black culture, yeah. because he literally was everywhere outside of, of the me. I got to see him in multiple different arenas, not just at basketball. Man, Kobe got a music. He he pursued music, and it was so trash. We gotta say we can we can forget that part. We no, let, <laughs> we, no, no, we, no, we we got to talk about this because the only Kobe Bryant lyric we need to talk about is Juicy J's. Listen. <laughs> My mansion sitting on 40 acres. Who the neighbors? Kobe, Kobe Bryant from, from the Lakers. <laughs> Not as faithful. Boy, I don't, I don't need to even mention that. I don't got to mention the Kobe Bryant song. Matter of fact, I just got to tell y'all that, that just him doing that for me, it, it enriched my soul. Cause Kobe, I spent, I spent so much time laughing at this fro and this flow. I spent so much time. I appreciate what you did for me in that area too, Kobe Bryant, because I got a chance to see you and it was giggle fits. I enjoyed all things Kobe Bryant and it is a, such a sad, sad thing for me to know that I won't get a chance to see Kobe see Bryant. More. I won't get a chance to see more. I took yeah. that for granted. Yeah. I took that for granted. I took that for granted just Ridiculously, I can remember me and Ruff. Ruff is my brother, and he he is the biggest Kobe Bryant fan that I know. I have not talked to Ruff for real since this happened. I just check in because it hurts. He don't feel like talking. You know what I'm saying? It it affected people just like that. It's painful. So my brother, it's like I remember talking to him, and I remember us talking about him, and I remember. Every time Vanessa, it would come out that Vanessa was pregnant or something like that, his response would be, keep trying for a B, keep trying for a boy, B, keep going, B. And I remember that. I remember us like, man, what does Kobe Bryant's son look like? And then we started seeing Gigi. I'm like, wait a minute. Look just like it. Ooh. Like a pretty girl version of Kobe. Yes, I mean, even, even the scowl. Like, I ain't playing. They had it. Oh she my had, god. She had snake eyes. Yes, she yeah. definitely did. Like in that picture you see her staring directly at the camera, she got snake eyes. Yes, with that look and he looked like, hey man, I brought hey, I brought that you asked for it. I brought that fire I got no, that fire on me. It looked like he you said, y'all he said y'all asked for it. Here you go. This what y'all want. Y'all said y'all. Y'all just don't recognize version. it yet. Yeah. This what it is. Let it get on that court. He was he was so excited and she was too. I my heart breaks for that. For just the the ability that because I wanted to see gray hair Kobe, I wanted to see Kobe with the suit on, Sitting just like on the side, I, I, I wanted to I wanted see to. that. I wanted to see Kobe Bryant with more jokes, man. Like the Jalen Rose situation, eight and one. How many honors would you like? Eight and one. one. And really? that stay home. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Like, he wasn't going to break. They just went going to break. He wasn't going to break. Oh, my 
that's, that's, that's the thing that I appreciate about Kobe uh, he most. Moved. I'm not breaking character because this ain't acting. <laughs> this me. This me. Baby, I... And that's probably the most, like, like people that know me know it's certain things about me I'm not changing. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be the person that sit here. Like, when you want to cut up and act something, like, I'm, I'm sitting right here, I'm not going to break character. Right. No. Whatever you want to act like, we're going to act like that. Right. And the more I hear about him, like, I'm, I'm realizing that through watching him and, like, I wish he failed right here so my team can win, mm -hmm. I picked up everything about it. Right. Yeah. Because I... You, you you realize what the fight in him looks like now. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to back down. I, would, I, I mean, if I didn't know you just by just talking to you, I would think that Kobe Bryant was somebody that you gravitated towards simply because <laughs> the mumble mentality. Are all, just This is just me from a working environment. I'm your, I'm your partner, your business partner. So it's like the level, the way that you attack work is the exact same way Kobe Bryant attacks work. It's not LeBron James-ish. It's Kobe being Bryantish. You know what I'm saying? Like LeBron is just like, you know what? Okay. I, I think me, I would probably have more similarities to damn LeBron than you. You know what I'm saying? You you is just I mean, cause Kobe is relentless. relentless. Me, I'm more so like, yeah, I'm gonna beat your ass. But I'm gonna beat your ass. But hey, if you believe you can beat me, no, Kobe like you can't. Soft, <laughs> soft, <laughs> you soft. <laughs> five, with a five, with a stare down, with a stare down, and with a nut. I'll say barbecue chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, COVID. I, I'm, I'm, as I get older, and I had this sobering feeling where I had to take in every moment because I've been in this. Like I told you earlier, like I, I started rewatching Smallville again, so I'm going through this process of looking at things. From a completely different viewpoint and getting a lesson from it. Right. Like it's like self-teaching almost. Every time you come to face with it. Sunday was that. But it was that on a scale that I hadn't experienced yet. Right. It was no sit in this. Look at this. Look at how look, look at, at the person that you posed to like this is what you you you, you divested him so long. Right. Now you have to sit here and be faced with the fact that you gotta go relearn everything he taught you subconsciously. Right. Yeah. The fire. And accept it this time. Yeah. Because you are this relentless individual, but you don't know where it came from because right. nobody else around you acts like this. You yeah. didn't have... Your mother's not like this. Mm -hmm. Your grandparents aren't like this. <laughs> How did you get this way? You come from church folk. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I come from a pacifist... They don't believe in violence. Hey, Scott, and you, we just don't spend enough time with each other. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. You don't believe me? Ask man Nace. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I am relentless. I believe anybody who can sit up here and tell me that they beat cancer with less than 20% chance of survival. Oh, no, I can believe it. Kobe man. Bryant called you personally. Man, let me tell They're you. They're like the holy grail. When we were doing music, man, I was writing, I was producing, I was engineering, I was uh, set, setting up studios, and I was, I was making beats. And you can, ask, you can ask my wife, man. She coming up, oh, you still working? Yep. All right, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and, and I don't know. It's it's almost something ingrained. Like you, you can't turn it off. Not you you, you can't, you can't turn. It. I can't turn it off, bro. Like I really, I spent like I have an entire yeah, thing. I'm, <laughs> I have this entire thing I'm doing just because I can't fall asleep. <sighs> Got to do something. 
Like, I can't find, it's one o'clock in the morning, I'm nowhere near sleepy. Let me put my phone on and start writing. And when my hands get tired and I start drifting off, it's five o'clock, I go to sleep, I wake up, I do the same thing again the next night. That's because I can't fall asleep. It's like it's in every facet of your life. It's no matter it's what's like going on. It's like is running through your body. Yeah, and you can't stop. It's like you have to execute something, right. and you have to do it so that you can execute it flawlessly. Right. Yeah. And if it's not flawless, if it's not a part of you, if it's not you doing it like sheer or sheer will, like right. you got to keep practicing. Right. And I mean, going back to to just just this desire to be submerged in the pain. Mm-hmm. Almost, I caution everybody from doing that, like because I know. I mean, I'm, I'm a proponent of unplugging. Right. I, I truly am. I'm a proponent of unplugging from social media because you're you're programming yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of what kind of how the same way I kind of wound up stepping away from Twitter for a minute because right. for a while Twitter was actually influencing how I felt. Right. You know, if you get on there and time you get on there, it's something to be angry about. Right. And they're trying to, to condition you to be angry. Like, you're not upset about this? Right. Well, let me give you all the reasons why you should be. You know, so I want people to... First of all, Kobe Bryant has passed and is gone. Him and his, his daughter and the other seven passengers, they are gone. I want you to understand that grief is necessary. But it does not have to consume you because it does nothing to pay homage to those that you grieve for, nor does it does anything to pay homage to you and your legacy. If you want to honor this person, if you want to honor Kobe Bryant, if you want to honor yourself, if you want to do good on how he influenced you, if you want to truly pay your respects, then do the things that he was a proponent of. Like, do the things that he taught you to do. Hey, do work. Show up. Be the best. Execute. Learn Execute. Everything you can. Learn and work. Bro. Learn and work. Never Learn stop. Learn and apply. Learn and apply. Yes. And, and, and I'm always talking about that because I feel like there's a disconnect between the words communication and comprehension. You know, I think that often we think that we, everybody who talks thinks that they are a good communicator. You know, they think that they're a good communicator. Everybody thinks that they know how to have a conversation. They know how to speak fluently. They know how to... But that's that's, to you. That's to you. (laughs) You know know what you sound like. Of course you know how to communicate with yourself. We lack comprehension. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, we lack comprehension. And not just, not because we're ignorant. You know, we are ignorant to a couple things. But more so, we lack comprehension because there are a lot of other variables that play when it comes down to communicating with people nowadays. It takes takes time for you to have to text. You know, so a lot of people communicate using text messages, so now we don't know how to read each other's body language or hear the inflection made in people's voices. So there are so many misunderstandings and miscommunication that is effectively affected communication. People can't comprehend what you're trying to tell them because they don't have any other things to comprehend. They can't hear you. So all of these different things, people... My friend T told me that what people opinion of me is is none of my concern. What you be, what you believe your perception of me is not my business. Because as we see with Kobe Bryant, you all believed me to be this, 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 and this. And I continue to do nothing but do work. And as time went on, you get to see exactly what it is. You're gonna come in here with your own preconceived notion anyway. The only thing that I can do is to continue to do. And somewhere along the line, my work ethic will 
outlast your ability to talk negatively about me or positively. Either way it go, I can't get off a track just because you saying something. Kobe Bryant took it. It takes a special type of person to to adapt the moniker of a villain and know that you're a hero of under. It takes a special type of person to act as a villain. Be perceived as the villain. When in reality, you're truly the hero. You're the superhero. You're the, superhero. You're the one that we actually want to see. I I feel cheated. I feel very immense sadness. But I don't want to stay here because I'm still in a, a sense of denial. I'll be honest. Like, I wake up like, dang, Kobe's still dead. <laughs> Kobe's dead. Yeah. You know, I had the same reaction to Nip. Like, man, that is crazy. Bro, like, because I, I think a lot of us look at a lot. I saw this with Cupcake as well. A lot of us immediately go into being an investigator, right. want to ask questions and put out saw all kinds of information on Facebook because you want to be the one that, that broke the news. You don't care how accurate it is. Right. So I see a lot of people, they are just falling into this, Man, what happened? What happened with the helicopter in the fall? What what's going on? Like a lot of us are still trying to find a culprit and be angry because we feel like being angry is the way we can link ourselves to COVID tribally. It, ter- you know? it terrifies us because if it is really just an accident, because first and foremost, the human mind does not do well with probability does not do well with randomness. <laughs> oh yeah. We suck at all those things. We find patterns and we try to go I, for them. The human brain is designed to look for patterns. That's why we're the dominant species on the planet because we can find patterns better than other other animals can. Yeah. So if something happened and it belies our ability to see some sort of coincidence or something in it, then we create that pattern for it because otherwise it doesn't world, make sense. The world becomes so terrified that literally anything can happen to you at any time and there's nothing you can do about it. You can stop. It stunts your growth. But in response to that, Kobe Bryant saw what the reality of the situation was and was still fearless. And and to, to me, that's the, the greatest... If you take nothing away from the Mamba mentality or from the Mamba himself, the, the, the man is a rookie. Like I said before, as a rookie, their game against Utah... He airballed two game-winning shots. <laughs> Most rookies ain't going to take a game-winning shot. He mm-hmm. airballed them both, came back the next game, and still put them up like it was nothing. He spent his whole career taking shots. Everybody else was looking like, why the hell are you taking that shot? Just going. He, he, he screwed up his own shooting percentage by taking shots he shouldn't have taken. Mm-hmm. But how, may, how many memories do we have of him taking them stupid shots he shouldn't have took that splash? Beautiful. Because he had the gumption at that point. He the, lost the feel of shooting it. The, the beauty, the real essence of life is these, like I said before, is these splashes you make in this ocean of the boringness that is your mindscape. Mm-hmm. And so to me, Beautiful. the essence of Mamba mentality is don't be afraid to take them shots because, yeah, you're going to miss more than you're going to make. Jordan missed more than he made. But the point is... The hey, ones you make? The ones you make, it's going to make something beautiful. It's going to be something that lasts forever. And, like, the the greatest way to sum it up is the way he summed it up when he left. Mama, Mama out. He said, what can I say? Mama out. And I, I, I was waiting on that moment. I was waiting on that moment. Like, what is Kobe going to say? 
Like this is his last game. What is Kobe gonna say after putting up sixty points? What is he gonna say? Kobe, give me one line or give me something. And his response, I was I had tears coming down my face, like cause I was just so happy and I was so sad to see him leaving, but I was like, Man, you just put up sixty points, man. I, I you are a hero to me. So when he said that he he got the microphone, he said, Hey, I mean, what can I say? Mumba out. The most cinematic ending to an NBA career imaginable. I mean, it was... If you had had wrote that into a movie, nobody would have believed it. I swear. Like, it was so... It was so him. And and immediately seeing him be engulfed by the women in his life. His wife and his daughter, who was just... Like, that was everything. It wasn't long. It wasn't drawn out. It was nothing. It was very to the point. Very much like Kobe Bryant. And I'm, I'm thankful that I got a chance to witness... To witness, you hear me? I'm thankful that I got a chance to witness. I'm thankful that I was, I can tie Kobe to my memories. I truly grew up with Kobe Bryant, and he was truly like everybody's big brother. So I'm just happy that we actually got a chance to sit down and do our piece, man. We we trying to do work. Amen. We trying to do work. That's it. We trying to do work, man. We trying to stay with it and do work. Always with it. Stay we with it, We appreciate Mr. Perkins. Oh, my God, y'all, it's Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> For taking the time to stop through and chop this up. This was a topic that we, it was no question. If, There's no question. If we, if we was going to have him here, if he could be here, and what we was going to talk about when he got here. So Man. We are glad that the stars and lights of this can happen. I'm so happy that Perkins got a chance to come back to us. <laughs> Perkins, come back because we still got a multitude of different things man, to talk I like about. That, man. man, you shine the signal, I'm going to sweep through the window. Yes, God. <laughs> man, we request, your, we request your, your presence on the premises a lot more. We look forward to having you in our presence a lot more I this year. I am merely a humble servant. I am here to come as I am called. Man, we I are in the same it. breath as this nigga, dog. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate y'all stopping and we hope that this conversation gave some type of illumination to what his life meant to those people that you see reacting the way that they do. Amen. Just because you can't understand doesn't mean it doesn't have bearing. Right. So take if you know, if you don't feel, take it with a grain of salt and be respectful or pay your respects. Right. If it ain't those two just keep it on the quiet. Because cause, cause ass whoops don't really got no name on it. And if you say the wrong thing to somebody talking about Elf, Elf Kobe Bryant, then they going to do like I saw somebody on, on Facebook do. They going to pull up a picture of your dead grandma and be like, well, we ain't no her, but you asked us for prayer for her. <laughs> and then what we supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? Stop talking slick. <laughs> we appreciate y'all. This has been another edition of Weirdo Wednesdays. We appreciate y'all. Stay with it. For the money. For the money. For the love of money. <laughs> Gotta get that money, man. <laughs> <laughs>